Ephesians chapter 4, 1 to 7. So One Youth isn't just a cool organization that meets on a Sunday night. We are a part of, a, of the, a local church called One Heart Church. Shock horror. And so One Heart Church, um, there's lots of churches. You go around the place, there's churches in all kinds of cities and towns. And well, what makes One Heart, One Heart? And so we believe Ephesians 4, 1 to 7 is a great uh, uh, few verses describing to what a One Heart heart church person looks like what does a christian that attends one heart church what's their dna what distinguishes them from other people and this is what if you call one heart church home we believe these principles should mark your life and so each week at youth we've been looking at one of those verses and unpacking that so we can go you know what that's what the kind of lifestyle i want that's the dna that's that's the the example that i want to set in the community because that's what god's called me to be so we're just going to read all all uh, seven verses and then we'll look at what today's verse is and if you want to catch up of what you've missed go on the one youth podcast and you'll find out so we'll start with verse one therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, and so this is a man called Paul speaking. He's in prison, writing this letter, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, He has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And so what the, the verse that we're looking at today is verse 3 in the middle there, and it says this, Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Why don't you just close your eyes, and I want to pray just one more time that uh, Holy Spirit would get a hold of us tonight. So Holy Spirit, right now, we just pray that you'd come and move in our lives. Uh, shift us, mold us, change us, that we would be believers, that we would be Christians, that we would be born again, filled with your spirit, that make an impact, that we actually uh, make a positive contribution to our society, that we would be bold, that we would be full of confidence, that we wouldn't be ashamed, but we would be able to stand up, speak up, and do what you've called us to do in a powerful way. And help us today, God, uh, uh, see a change in us that we would let go of, of the things of the past and take a hold of what you got for us today, that we would be the men and women of God that you've called us to be. Amen. 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 So I'm going to read that again. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Interesting. There's another there's a bit of a proverb going to come up. So Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to 19, and it talks about things that God hates. So we, I've spoken just earlier about the things that God hates. And so God hates this list of things. And um, so I think there's seven things there that God doesn't like, that it makes God a little bit uh, a little sad. But it's interesting. So there's no, it's not like number one is the most worst and number seven is the least worst. It's just random order, things that God doesn't think is ideal. He didn't create the earth to do these things. He didn't create humans to live like that. And so the seventh one on the list says this, a person who sows discord in a family. Now, does anyone know what discord is? Discord is, it's not an app used for gaming. So um, if, 
if that was your meaning of discord, I'll help you out. Discord in this context is a disagreement between people. So what separates people? What creates conflict? If you grab a rose bush, right, you get thorns in your hand, that is discord of your hand in the rose bush because like you want to let go right it causes separation it causes a disagreement my hand doesn't agree with the thorn bush has anyone 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 hugged a cactus no no one hugs a cactus because there's a disagreement there your body doesn't agree with the prickles and so in a in a similar way god is saying we don't want prickles between humans he doesn't want a thing like a thorn bush needle whatever you want to call it the thorn a thorn i guess um uh bringing separation. So there's many ways that discord can be sown in our lives. We understand what farming is. You sow seeds and it grows. And so discord is something being sown that causes people to separate, causes people to have conflict, causes people to have a disagreement. And so gossip is a major way that discord can get sown. Did you hear what they did? That, that, you know, that, we hear those comments. Who's heard that comment? Shell, can you believe this? right that is sowing discord because it's causing conflict and it's causing let's create a wedge let's create a thorn let's create a separation between this person and that person or this people and that people and this group and that group but God hates that he doesn't want people separating he wants people coming together Proverbs 20 verse 3 says this avoiding a fight is a mark of honor only fools insist on quarreling Let's get the fool out of here, eh? We're going to get the fool to kick him out of here. Fool in my heart, you don't belong here. It says there, uh, uh, avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. It's easy to start fights. Do I have an agreement? Who who, who has a sibling here? Who, Who knows it's easy to start a fight? The hard thing is to keep your mouth shut. Oh, you know, who knows what I'm talking about right now? When they say that thing, you go, oh, I got the burn. There's not enough ice in Antarctica to to fix this, right? We know that. The easy thing is to to give them the burn. The hard thing is to go, right, to shut the mouth. That's a hard thing. Uh, It's easy to say the rude comment, but it's hard to keep our mouth shut. Anyone can get mad. Who knows? Oh, sometimes you just get triggered. But it takes courage to have peace. Anyone can get angry, but it takes courage to keep calm. It's natural to be bitter. Did you know what they said? Did you know what they did? But it's supernatural to forgive. It's natural to get offended. You don't know what they did to me. You don't, you know, you know how to get offended. But it's supernatural to be unoffendable. It's common to get in a pickle. Sweet niblets. Oh, no. You know what I mean? It's, it's common to get in yourself in a pickle, but it takes maturity to avoid the trouble. It's common to have fights, but it takes maturity to stay friends. Oh, I'm going to say that one again. It is common to have fights, but it takes maturity to stay friends. Fools sow discord, but peace maintainers avoid fights and avoid conflict. One youth tonight, would you be a young person that would make a stand and say, I am a peace maintainer. I am a peace maintainer. I kick the fool out of me. Fool, you don't belong in my heart because I am a peace maintainer. I don't get into gossip. 
I don't get into common, normal, easy, but I take the high road. I take the supernatural road and say, God, change me, change the way I think, change the way I see, change the way I hear, because I am a peace maintainer. Okay, one youth, can we be a generation that would make a stand and say, we are, not just I am, but we are peace maintainers. That in this youth ministry, I maintain the peace. In this youth ministry, I don't sow gossip, I don't bully, I don't bring conflict, but I bring peace in this place. I'm going to cut myself. Matthew 5 verse 9 in the NIV translation says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So if we were to flip that, the children of God, God's children are peacemakers. And so if we're going to get that born again experience of saying, Jesus, you are real. God, you are so real. You created me. You saved me. When we get that born again experience, we become children of God and children of God are peacemakers. Now, in the, in the Bible, uh, in my Bible here, Exodus chapter 8. Exodus, oh, something I saved earlier. Page 59. So if you've got your Bible, go to page 59 and I'm sure you'll find it. Page, uh, Exodus chapter 8, it says a plague of frogs. Does anyone want to look at that while I'm, um, for the sake of it, anyone want to look at that? Yeah. Pastor Exodus chapter 8, the plague of frogs. Now, we've been talking about conflict, fighting. We're going to use this example in Scripture as an illustration for that. So there's frogs everywhere, right? So what happens is there's these people living in slavery, and God says, we've got to get you out of here. But to get you out of here, we've got, I've got to perform some miracles to prove my goodness, and we'll see you saved from the slavery. So God then creates these, by his supernatural power, makes frogs come out of everywhere. So just frogs, frogs, frogs. And then the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, goes, hmm, he's so smart and so wise. He says to his demonic uh, magicians that use demonic powers, which is these supernatural things. And just another clarity, I believe this is a real story. I don't just believe this is a, um, a fairy tale. I believe this is a real account in history. But so then this, this Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gets these demonic magicians and says, all right, we can do that too. So the, you go from a problem having frogs everywhere, frogs in your burger, frogs in your breakfast, frogs in your shower, frogs in your bed, Frogs, frogs, frogs. Then Pharaoh goes, all right, well, my, my demonic magicians could do that too. And then you get even more frogs. Frogs in your nose. Frogs in your hair. Right? So you think, oh, we already had enough frogs. And then the Pharaoh, in his wisdom, says, well, we're going to add to it. And so the way I describe Acts, uh, sorry, Acts, Exodus chapter 8 is uh, Pharaoh could produce it, but he couldn't reduce it. Pharaoh could produce it, but he couldn't reduce it. Another way, Pharaoh could produce more problem. He could produce more issue, but he couldn't resolve the issue. He couldn't resolve the conflict. And so as, as we've been looking at then today, so humanly speaking, we all can do a Pharaoh. Sweet niblets, we had frogs, and now we made more frogs. We had this problem. And now we've made it a bigger problem. I've got myself into a trouble, and then you get yourself into second trouble. I've often said this before. There's one thing to make a mistake. Don't go and make a second mistake. But it's so easy in life we can do that. Um, we make one mistake, and then we are turkeys, and we make a second mistake. 
But let's not get into that trap. And so I want to say this. So humanly speaking, we make problems worse. Here's an example, right? You get offended. Offense comes. Someone says something mean to you. Something, someone does something to you that wasn't fair. We get, offense comes in, right? And so we'd call that hurt. We've been hurt. But then what happens is so we make a problem go worse. We turn that offense into unforgiveness. So we go from that hurt me to now I hate, right? So that's what we often do. That's our natural default. We go, they hurt me. And then we go, all right, now we're going to take another step. Now I hate them. And so we, that's a common default carnal nature of us as humans, right? Another thing is we have envy. So uh, someone gets blessed. That's so unfair. Why did they get that car? That's so unfair. Why did they get the promotion, right? So we have envy. But then we take the next step, and then that envy turns to jealousy, where we go, no longer is it just unfair, but we go, if only that was me. That should be my car. That should be my promotion. That sh- you enter the thing there. So we, we can so easily go from hurt to hate, and we can so easily go from envy to jealousy. But we want to be a people that we don't go from bad to worse, but we make a difference. Don't be the Pharaoh that can produce it. Sorry, yeah, produce it but can't reduce it. But what did we learn in Matthew 5.19? Blessed are the peacemakers. So it's one thing to start fights. That, and, oh, and, so, uh, sorry, it's one thing to stop fights, but the next level is to stop fights. I don't know if I said that right. We can easily start fights, but the next level is to, uh, we can start fights, but we want to stop fights. I don't know, I lost myself. But I'll say it like this. So to be a peace maintainer, we come in and we don't start fights. But a peacemaker comes in and stops fights. And we want to be that kind of a person that we don't just keep the peace, but we make peace where there's conflict. And I believe God can anoint you with that kind of capacity. I believe God can supernaturally empower you to not just uh, be a person that doesn't create conflict, but you're able to resolve conflict. Where pharaohs in our world bring extra frogs and problems, you can come in with the supernatural power of God and reduce the frogs just like God can. The demonic brings in problems, but God's sovereign supernatural power can release those problems out of people's lives. And so... You've got to declare for yourself tonight, I am a peacemaker. I am a peacemaker. I can stop conflict. I can resolve conflict. We've got to be a generation that would rise up and say, we are the peacemakers. We are the peacemakers. So with Holy Spirit, we don't produce problems, we reduce them. And so there's so many problems that we are called to fix. You could go to work, you can go to school, and there may be laziness. And then we go, but you know what? You're going to be the person that goes into that environment, going, you know what? I'm going to be the hard worker and restore the, uh, the, the perception of this class. I'm going to be the person that restores the, the perception of this workplace. We aren't going to be known for being lazy. We're going to restore this and be hard workers. There's, it, there's places of gossip that you know of, but I believe you're going to go into that environment and you're going to be a peacemaker and go, you know what? Where there was gossip, I'm going to be an encourager. I'm going to be the person that speaks life, that notices something good and says it, that doesn't just say, just say oh, that was really good how they did that. No, I'm going to say, good job, Shell. Great job, Pastor Claire. Great job, Erica. Because we don't just gossip, but we encourage. Bullying. 
We can go into environments where people are excluded. People are left out. But we're going to go into those environments and be the peacemaker and go, you know what? I'm going to be the friend to the lonely. I'm going to be the friend to the outcast. I'm going to include them and love them in the same way God loved me. Final thought here. Proximity does not equal unity. Proximity does not equal unity. So I've got two buckets here, right? These represent us. So we've got here bucket A, proximity, and we've got a bucket here of unity. So they can look similar, but they are very different. Hey, Bell, proximity and symmetry. They look the same, but they are very different. So we saw in Ephesians 4 uh, verses 3, it says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Interesting, right? Now, then we see what Jesus, our Savior, says to us in Matthew 18, uh, verses 21 to 22. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Pretty good, pretty good thought. They've hurt me seven times. I'll forgive seven times. Where's the limit, Jesus? Then Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Thanks for the mass homework, Jesus. So what what Jesus is, is telling to Peter is, hey, Peter, great idea that you want to forgive, but we, we don't want to limit forgiveness because we want to make every effort to stay united. It's not like, well, they've really annoyed me. They've annoyed me that one too many times. That is not what Christians are called to do. We're not called to keep account of how many times we have to forgive, how much we are called to go one more time. We're going to be a person of unity. One more time. We're going to be the person that that makes peace. One more time. One more time. There's enough love in me to love them how Jesus loves me. Because if what, man, how sad would it be if Jesus says, you know what, Josh, you've sinned one too many times. Josh, you know what? You've made one too many mistakes. But he doesn't. He loves me and he loves me again. And he loves me again. Every time I make that, that, do that dumb thing, he loves me again. And we are meant to reflect Jesus and live that same way. So we're going to look at this. So the devil, right? So Proverbs, what we, start, we started with in Proverbs, it says that God hates the, pers- the people that sow discord. And ultimately, the, dis- the ultimate discord sower in our life is this thing called the devil. Satan, he comes in and he wants to rattle us as a youth ministry. He wants to rattle us as church. You, go, you know what? Separate. Be offended. Get hurt. Don't live together in unity. And so he'll sow seeds of discord into our lives. And so it could be gossip. Bolu, did you hear what they said? Yeah, I know. It's pretty bad, hey? Erica, did you know what they did? How, how, how could have they? You know, and there's all these things that come into us that want to sow discord. But we got to understand. So then discord comes. So, right, so these, these are two examples of what we could be. As a youth ministry, this will be the example of us living in proximity. And this would be the youth ministry that lives in unity. And so discord comes. The devil comes and he was so in hurt. He was so in bitterness. He was so in rejection. He was so in offense. All these things that wants to come in and split us. So we're going to look at the example of proximity or, or unity and what happens when discord comes, right?
Now, for those that didn't see what happened here, this proximity stayed together, right? Proximity stays together. Um, the people, sorry, I said the wrong way. Proximity over here, they've just scattered. They're no longer together. They're just any, anywhere. But when the people that were in unity go, you know what? Discord came in. We got rattled. We got shaken. But we stay together. And as a youth ministry, as a Christian, as a church, are you the person that gets rattled and scatter? Rattled and go, oh, I've had it with them. Oh, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how unfair it was. Proximity leads to scatter. Unity stays together. And we are called to be a generation of young people that go, it doesn't matter what throw happens, doesn't matter what trouble arises, we commit to staying together because we are in unity. We have peace. So this, these ping pong balls here have a string attached to them. That string is what we call peace. Where we go, you know what, we are the peacemakers. I, I could have got in trouble with this person, I could have got in trouble with that person, but we've decided peace is what holds us together and then we stay in unity. So one youth, can I encourage you to be a young person, to be a part of a church that says we commit to unity, not proximity, because if we're just a proximity person, this is what we, our, our youth ministry will look like. This is what our church will look like, but that's not the church one heart is called to be. We are called to be a a unity church, a unity generation that offence doesn't hold, um, unforgiveness doesn't hold, but we could choose love, we choose grace, we choose forgiveness. So why don't you stand to your feet tonight and we're going to welcome up the music team to sing and we want to pray for us as a generation that we would be young people that say, you know what, I choose unity, I choose forgiveness, I choose grace, I choose mercy, Amen. Amen. So as, uh, uh, so I would encourage you right now, if, if you're a person in this place, you might be a young person in this place and go, I, I, I've, I got hurt inside my life. I got, I, got a, I got bitterness in my life. There's so many different things that could come into you and go, you know what, um, it could be secondhand offence. It could be you've heard this person say that. You've heard someone else do this. But I believe God wants to release something of the supernatural power of God in our lives tonight where we move on from unforgiveness, we move on from bitterness, but we step into peace. That we step into being young people that go, you know what, God, make me the peace maintainer. Make me know when to keep my mouth shut and keep the peace. But then more than that, that we would be the peacemaker where we see conflict, we bring solution. Where we see hurt, we bring healing in Jesus' name. So I want you to have boldness today, uh, from Larissa to Jesse, you included. If you should say, you know what, that's me today. I want to touch from heaven that I be a peacemaker, that I be someone that, that sees a miracle in my life, that offense doesn't control me, but the power of God controls me. I'm going to do a generic prayer to, to close this. But if that's you, why don't you come down the front and us leaders want to pray and lay hands on you that you would be a generation and a young person says, you know what, count me in God. I choose your way, not my way. I'm not going to be at seven times and I'm done, but God, the 70 times seven, more than enough. I want you to change it. And if you want to respond to, just take a step forward and we're going to pray for you as well. So Holy Spirit right now, why don't you just close your eyes and position yourselves in a place of receiving from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, as we've heard the Word of God today, 
about being peacemakers, about being peace maintainers, about living in unity and not being confused with proximity. God, we believe that you would help us be that kind of generation, that you would help us be that young person, that we don't let discord scatter us, we don't let discord uh, uh, splinter. We would be a generation where we're hugging uh, uh, cactuses, God, but we'd be people that go, you know what, we, we just bring unity, we bring peace, we are a culture of peace because we know what it is to follow you. So Holy Spirit, move in power and help us be the men and women of God you've called us to be. In Jesus' name.